This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. A week two edition of One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome in, folks. Mac Rosenberg alongside Nolan Silbernagel. We're talking week two in the National Football League, the 2013 season on WFUVsports.org. Of course, check us out in the iTunes Music Store. Nolan, what's going on today, buddy? Coming off a crazy game last night, Jets and Patriots. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought that it wasn't that good of a game, but, you know, all you can really ask is that neither team blows out the other team. So I think it was a good start to uh, week two right here, Mac. The Jets now 1-1 one and one with a 13-10 loss to New England last night. Patriots barely get out of that game alive. Again. They are... They are 2-0, and oh. yeah. Out. They've had two very, very close games this year. And let's talk, obviously, first about the hometown Jets. And we needed a cue. I mean, I can't just go by myself. I obviously need the guys behind the glass. It, Julian not, and Nick doing a great job. It, it's, it's just not the Jets segment without no. hearing that J-E-T-S. No, it's not. Got to get amped up for it. Geno Smith, uh, three costly, very, very costly interceptions in the fourth quarter. First thing I want to say about this game, I want to tell you why it's good that the New York Jets lost this football okay, game Okay, let's night. hear that Okay, that's this interesting. Is, this is for all Jet fans out there, and, well, you're half of a Jet fan, Jet and Giant fan. Uh, that's another story for another day. But this is this is for all Jet fans out there. It's good that you lost this football game tonight or last night because if they won the game, am I right that Jet fans everywhere would think, oh, we're invincible now. We can't lose to anybody. We beat the Patriots. Geno Smith, second game of his career, and he no, goes into New no, England and beats no, the Patriots. No. We're invincible. Super Bowl, no, here we come. No one, there, are, I, there are Jet there, fans there are out there. There are a few. There and are you know a few, what? but and you know what? I, not I, the educated I said, ones. I said that I, I tweeted last night, if the Jets win this game, mark it down, they will lose to the Bills. But they didn't, so they probably will go on to beat the Bills now. But it's good that they lost this game for the egos of Jet fans everywhere and for Rex Ryan. I'm sure Rex Ryan, you know, would his ego boost would have been way through the roof there if the Jets had won that, that, that game. That's an interesting take, man. That's my take. And going in, I had that take. Going into the game, I had that Maybe, that maybe if they had beaten them 30-10, to 10, you know, really try to run up the score. If it was like a, if it was, if it was a dominating game, we it was even... not a dominant. It was, no. It, neither no, no, no. team really deserved to win that game. I can't remember the last time I saw the Patriots offense just look so out of sync. I have Tom Brady's numbers right here. He was only 19 for 39, threw only 185 yards. Just I, I can't remember last time I saw him just not in sync with his players like that. So I think if the Jets had won that game, you know, obviously it would have been a really good feeling. But I, I think both teams knew that this was a forgettable game at some at some level. It was just not that good of a game to be watching. No, not, not that good of a game to be playing. It really all started, I think, in the second half when the rain, the heavens opened up at halftime. Yeah, it was pouring. Patriots had a, a ceremony for their ring of honor at halftime. They honored Teddy Bruschi and their play-by-play announcer, Gil Santos. And then the, the heavens just opened up. It was unbelievable, the rain that came pouring. absolutely throughout pouring. the whole game, the rest of the game, second half. And that really was favorable to the Jets. It really was. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, okay, you know, no Amendola, no Welker anymore, Gronkowski out, Hernandez gone, Danny Woodhead gone. So many parts of this offense were not on the field that we're used to seeing for the New England Patriots last night, and it, it was really tough out there. You're relying on two rookies, Aaron Dobson and Kembrell Tompkins, uh, who, with Tom Brady, just aren't quite on the same page yet. I mean, it not, takes, not at all. It I takes a couple games as a rookie to get on the same page with your receiver. They were not on the same page. They're not ready yet, I think, to be productive in this offense. They will be. They will be this year. You uh, think this year they'll yeah, be able to I, I get think, together? I think, I, mean, I think it's going to take a few games. I just don't know if the weapons are right there. I think especially know? once they get Gronkowski back, once they get Amendola back, and not it's not all the pressure on them, they'll be able to kind of get more in sync with I'll tell Brady. you one thing. Dobson looked lost out there. Oh. He, he looked like he never even looked at the playbook yet. The you, only guy. You would think that they just picked him up this week. Yeah. That's how yeah. lost he did, except for that one touchdown grab, yeah. which the Jets totally blew the blew, coverage blew the that. coverage, yeah. and that ultimately cost them the game opening drive. Yeah. Uh, really, really tough to think about. But other than that, Dobson just looked completely lost. The other receivers looked completely lost. And, I mean, you know, you barely pull out wins against two rookie quarterbacks that aren't highly, you know, respected right now. Two teams are expected to finish in the bottom of the AFC East. And, um, 
You know, if you're if you're a Patriot fan, what are you gonna do when you do face the Texans, when you do face the Packers, or when you take on the Ravens, the Broncos? It's not gonna you're not gonna be able to sneak these type of wins out. It's After that happen. game last night, I wrote down three things that I took away from the game for each team. For the Patriots, we just talked about the wide receivers. We well, we we've never seen them drop passes like that, and we may never again. Yeah. Uh, and then my second one was this league, you know, the NFL, and really life in general. Uh, this is just, just a life moment for all the listeners. It's all there. about how you perform through adversity. Martin Luther King said it best. Um, you know, I don't know the exact quote, but it, it really is. Life is about the performances through adversity. Patriots came through. I, I am looking at the positive side of the spectrum for the New England if Patriots. If you're a Patriot fan. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, one of my best friends is a New England Patriots fan, and I texted him last night after the game. I said, hey, man, tough, gritty win. And he said, we're terrible. <laughs> and exactly. I, I said, listen, you know, you won the football game. That's all that no, matters right no, now. No. They're good. Listen, they're going to get Amendola back. They're going to get maybe Gronkowski back for week four. Gronkowski, excuse me. So not all is lost. And you still have Tom Brady and, and not every game. Listen, the rain played a huge role in that game because the Patriots were not going to run the football last night. They were going to try to go through the air with what they had. Edelman, we haven't even mentioned him yet, was, was really good. Edelman was really good. The yeah, Jets could not he stop was, he Julian Ed- Edelman. That, Brady was looking at him every yeah, single snap. Yeah. And, he and, would look to him first, absolutely. Yeah, and rightfully so. He was going to be the guy last night for New England, and he was. Uh, so it, it, it was a huge disadvantage to them. You're, you're going to get your guys back. Listen, you just try to move on from this. You got the win, 2-0. Oh. No, no. If you're if you're a Patriot fan, you can't be happy about this. You can't, you can't be all like, this is a good thing. Heading into this game, the Jets were coming off, both Jets and Patriots, but when you're with a rookie quarterback, they had four days to prepare for this game. You're at home, and you're going to barely squeeze by the Jets. The Patriot fans, the Patriot organization, I bet they were expecting a 38-10 to 10 drubbing, yeah. and they barely get out a win. You think that's going to work against Atlanta, Cincinnati, New Orleans? You think that's going to work against uh, the Texans, the Ravens? Listen, they, they play probably all those teams. They you're play right. all these teams you're this right. year. You're I'll, right. I'll, I'll give you the credit there. You're right. Patriots fans were not expecting a three-point win where they had zero Where Gino literally threw away the game at the right. end with those late two picks. Patriot fans were not expecting zero, zero first downs in six of their first ten possessions. And one for nine on third down in the first half. You could just keep going with the numbers. I think they had like six, five the, or the six numbers third downs were, the whole game. The numbers game. were awful, So, yeah. no, they weren't expecting that. Let's talk about the Jets uh, because, listen, Geno Smith, looked at times last night like he could move the football effectively. Yeah, only a second game, and we all saw, obviously, what happened to Mark Sanchez, you know, after his first few years. You know, people were people were confident in him. But, you know, I think Geno Smith's a different kind of quarterback. Uh, listen, he's still young. He's a rookie quarterback starting and in the made, NFL. he did make rookie mistakes. What we need to understand here, people are, 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 are talking about Geno Smith, and the the new school of thought in the NFL is that if you're a quarterback out of college, you can start in the NFL. Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Russell Wilson last year, Colin Ka- well, Colin Kaepernick not right away. But that's the new thing in the NFL. Quarterbacks no longer need that time on the sideline. Aaron Rodgers. Like Rodgers was able to get, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, under Brett Favre. They, you, don't know, you no longer need that. But, folks, Geno Smith, people have to be quick, have to be, you know, cannot be so quick to say that Geno Smith is a, a uh, Andrew Luck or a Robert Griffin III or a Russell Wilson. He's not. He's going to need some time. Yeah, he's not going to be sitting on the bench, but it's not going to be, you know, instant productivity. No, that, that's definitely a true statement, Mac. I mean, there were so many times where they were we were watching the game last night, and there were, I, from what I saw, there were a lot of holes. There were a lot of opportunities for him to take off, and I'm surprised that he wasn't um, – more aggressive in running and trying to run some more because when he did run, he was effective, but there were a lot of times he was way in the pocket. It seemed like there were there were holes, there were places to run, and he would just hold on to the ball and he would get sacked. So that was interesting for me to see. He looked a little timid out there. I don't know. It might have been a little intimidated. I don't know. He just didn't seem like he was running and being as aggressive. But like you said, he's a, he's a rookie. He's going to be making those rookie mistakes. I mean, Jets had that ball right on the 30-yard line. He could literally have taken – Yeah, he that was a killer. He literally could have taken knees. That first interception that was, that was the been, dagger, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, absolutely, because they could have just dropped on the ball for the rest of the downs, and they would have been better off by just getting the field goal because they were right there in field goal position. You know, in that position, uh, Geno should have just scrambled for maybe two more yards, try to get them lined up for the field yeah. goal. I mean, you just have to know that if you're down by three, you're in field goal range, you don't have to take those risks. And, and that, that's what got the Jets game. That's what really cost the Jets the game. I mean, you can at least tie the game at that point. He threw it a little bit too far behind Holmes, who got a hand on it near the sideline but just could not make the catch. And people were saying that Marty Morningweg 
Jets offensive coordinator, was forcing um, Smith to, to make these downfield throws that he wasn't he was being too aggressive. And I, I'm not so sure I agree with that. I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with the decision there to throw it in that situation. You know, if it's if it's just about any other quarterback in the league, I might. But you know, a rookie, exactly, second game, exactly. But you think the about thing the is situation. You're down by three. Think about think about the situation in this game where where scoring. I mean, Patriots were shut out in the second half. Yeah. So score uh, scoring is at a premium, an absolute premium in this football game. You get yourself a touchdown, and you get within one possession. You can smell the tie game. You can smell the field exactly. goal here. Exactly. You have to they really they put it into, da- they into perspective. They weren't down twenty to ten. They weren't down twenty four to ten. Where they need touchdowns, they can't sell for field goals. Field goals would have been more more than enough, and after yeah. the Stephen Hill fumble and after everything like that, I, you you would take that. You would absolutely take that. You're on the road, rookie quarterback. You're gonna be tied with this game. Gotta play smart, and they didn't really deliver that. But just like I mentioned with Hill, man, he needs to get some hands. I mean, he cannot catch that ball. Just you know, awful. The awful. Jets. It's funny you mentioned Hill because another thing that I took away from the game on the Jets side is that. They still are lacking offensive playmakers. I mean, Absolutely. Holmes is not even close to 100%. You know, and, he Hill, was, and he was their best option last year. Yeah, night, Hill has some I'm issues concerned. catching the football. Clyde Gates, he. he Curly he, was out last he, night. Yeah, Curly was out. Clyde Gates, listen, I mean, he, he was the guy. He was, I think he was the main slot man last night for the Jets. And there was one deep ball in the first half where Mike Mayock on the NFL Network was saying, that Smith underthrew him. It was a deep ball that would have gotten the Jets, I think, inside at least inside the Patriots' 10 yard line. Gates got a hand on it. I mean, he was covered, but he had a, a a step or two on his defender, and he touched that football and he didn't catch it. I mean, and Mike Mayock said Smith underthrew him. I, I don't know about that. People were saying that that's on Clyde Gates to make that catch. Gates did make up for it later in the game on the touchdown drive. Yeah. He did haul in a 34-yard touchdown pass. We're going to hear more now uh, about last night's game. We have our Jets report with Chris Venezia. Jets Nation's rocky relationship with Mark Sanchez seems to have finally come to an end as sources have said the QB needs season-ending surgery for a bum shoulder. So now the spotlight turns to a rookie quarterback in Geno Smith who had a week full of ups and downs. On Sunday, the Jets had their regular season opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that seemed to be all but lost with about 30 seconds to go. The Buccaneers had just kicked a go-ahead field goal to go up 17-15 and the Jets had no timeouts left. Not exactly the ideal situation for your young quarterback and his first regular season NFL start, but a complete pass, a scramble, a very helpful unnecessary roughness call, and a Nick Folk field goal was the perfect recipe for a dramatic last second win. Voila, Chef Rex Ryan had cooked up a win with an offense that has a lot to be desired. The Jets didn't have much time to enjoy the victory as the scheduling gods had them traveling to Foxborough in a game against New England on Thursday. Even after Sunday's win against Tampa, Rex had his mind on the matchup with the Pats. Obviously, we got four days. It's going to be challenging without question uh, going on the road against New England. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's more about mental preparation. In other words, limit the mental mistakes. On the game's opening drive, the Jets bid on play action and Tom Brady had an easy toss for a 39-yard TD. The rest of the game was ugly, with rain and dropped passes and plenty of punting. But with 56 seconds left and a timeout, the Jets got the ball down 13-10 at their 29-yard line. Maybe Geno Smith could put on the cape and prove to be the hero once again. It wasn't to be. The rookie threw his third interception of the night. Game over, Jets lose 13-10. New York's next game will be at home against the Bills next Sunday with the Report. I'm Chris Venezia. And we thank Chris for his weekly Jets report. Real quick before we get to the Giants, uh, good note for the Jets last uh, last night. The running game, and it was something that I was talking to Julian Atienza, our producer before the show, Mike Mayock said it on NFL Network. Many other Jets fans were saying they should have been running the football a lot more down yeah, the stretch in that game. They had over 100 yards between Ivory they were, they and Powell. They were looking good. The rushing yeah. was looking better, as you as you said, Mac. Uh, definitely huge improvement over uh, week one against the Bucs. It's still early, but I, I, I think, and Julian, you can tell me if you agree with me because you being the Jets fan here, uh, Ivory and Powell look to me kind of like a Sean Green, Thomas Jones from back in the day, ground and pound. Ivory between the tackles, he reminds me of Steven Jackson. Yeah. He is he is yeah. bruising after, between the after tackles. First contact, I completely agree with that. He, after yeah. first contact, he can really move around and, and get going. Definitely. 
Yeah. Powell also showed a nice burst of speed. He did. That second. Outside speed. Yeah, it's good. All right. Let's, they should uh, run the ball. I'm, I'm they upset. Should. Especially I'm in upset. the rain, I, I think it would have definitely given them a better advantage, a better chance to tie the game late. Why are you right. throwing the ball when the guys aren't catching it? I know. It? I know. It's, 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 it, we, won't, we won't know, especially in the rain. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. I don't necessarily blame the receivers. They, they didn't make plays, sure, but, I mean, it's not easy necessarily to make catches. Look at the Patriots, guys. Bowls going in and out of their hands at will. All right, let's move on now. we got a big, big game coming up at MetLife Stadium this Sunday. Uh, let's talk Giants. And the Giants coming off a, a rough game against the Dallas Cowboys. Tough, tough, tough loss. Let's hear more about it with Eric Malo. Oscar Wilde once said, It is better to be beautiful than to be good, but it is better to be good than to be ugly. The Giants were neither beautiful nor good last Sunday night. The 36-31 score doesn't do the G-men justice because they were just plain awful against Dallas. Six turnovers, one of which came on the first play of the game, and a mere 50 rushing yards were all Coach Tom Coughlin needed to see to know his team had to improve immensely when Denver comes to town this weekend. I'm totally, totally disappointed and embarrassed by that kind of football, that sloppy, sloppy football and you can't turn the ball over. You can't win turning the football over. That's, that's the bottom line. A lot of other things that we can fix, we can fix, we're going to fix that too. Peyton Manning and the Broncos are coming in hot. The future Hall of Famer had an epic seven touchdown performance and watched his defense hold Baltimore's all-star running game to a measly 58 yards in the opener without stars Von Miller and Champ Bailey. Not to mention, Denver will have three extra days rest since they opened the season last Thursday. The Giants have a lot to do to take down Peyton's squad. They need to keep Eli hot and throw the football in an offense that may be one of the most dominant aerial attacks in the league. And potentially without their best corner, Prince Mukamara, they also need to somehow slow down Denver's big three of Welker, Decker, and Thomas. Most importantly though, the G-men can't turn the ball over like they did on Sunday. I think the Giants have enough pride that they'll play better, but I feel Denver may be too much for Big Blue's one-dimensional offense. My prediction, Denver 41, Giants 31. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. All right, thanks a lot, Malo. And the thing about Eric Malo is he's always he he he's not always so quick to pick the Giants, which which I like. I do respect that. Definitely. This is a this is a huge game for the Giants. It's it's a it's a huge game. Their their home opener, Manning Bowl. You know they they Owen two would be. I think it would be very, very devastating. I for this actually team. just um, I heard a stat the other day that teams that start zero and two, you hear uh, it, you have, hear it every year. I've yeah. only made the playoffs twelve percent. Right. Yeah, it's the, it's it's only a twelve percent success rate. It's very, very, very so difficult. You, you got to start one and one, but uh, I mean, when you got the Broncos coming in, that's going to be really tough. I mean, they're coming off that dominating, dominating Oof. performance against the Ravens and the Giants. I, as I uh, have here, they're not a team that is going to just plow their way into the playoffs. They're, they're not uh, Packers of late that right. if they get a bad loss that they're going to rebound and end up going 12-4 and four anyway. They need to get every win that they can get, and they completely blew that game on Sunday night. And Nick Legerfo just has a note for us on the Giants. I just want to let you guys know that in 2007 when the Giants won the Super Bowl, they went 0-2 to start. Really? I did not know that. Oh, I, I remember now the Redskins game in Week 3, the classic uh, where they're down 17-3 at yep. the half. Oh, I do remember that, actually. I'm not even a Giants fan. I remember watching that game. Yeah, that that that's kind of like pe- Giants fans who remember 07 obviously point to that Redskins game in Week 3 as the game that really started their season. Uh, but let's talk more about th- that terrible first game, uh, and then we'll get into, obviously, the matchup with Denver. Um, Eli, four interceptions. He, he won't do that again. I mean, or, or, I'm sorry, three interceptions. He won't do that again. Wilson with two fumbles. I mean, but Tom Coughlin does believe in David Wilson. He does believe in his ability to secure the football. And, um, you know, I mean, we'll have to see what kind of looks he gets this week. Obviously, Brandon Jacobs back. Yeah, his comments about Wilson weren't as um, no. weren't, weren't as tough nope. or as uh, you know, aggressive as mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be against Wilson. So that was definitely a surprise, and I think that's good for Wilson. I mean, no that, surprise on the benching, though. Have, no, no, of course. No, that, that does not come as a surprise. But uh, as you said, Brandon Jacobs, I definitely like that pickup. Jacobs, he knows the system. He will be good to go, I think. 
for this week two matchup. I don't think it matters that he's missed some time. He pretty much, I pretty, he pretty much knows this um, offense, the system. He's great at blocking. He's a good third down back. He's not gonna be carrying the load. He's just gonna supplement Wilson in those situations where he can, where he usually struggles. I think it's going to be. A, I think it was a good pickup for the Giants. I don't. I don't think it was a good pickup for the Giants. First of all, Brandon Jacobs a year out of football. Uh, that's that's number one. Number two. If I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe Nick will remember this behind the glass. I think when he left the Giants and went to the 49ers, there were some bad there was some bad blood. I think between the, between there the was. two, I, I he 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 said some things. I mean, he, he's a little bit of a hothead, Brandon Jacobs. No, I no, mean, that, that's accurate. So I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And but, and but maybe Wilson needs that. Maybe may, he needs a tough guy. You know, to and just Tom, tell him to but man see, Tom Coughlin going. made it very clear this was not a signing to help David Wilson. This was a signing to help the team. So Brandon Jacobs is not being brought in here to mentor David Wilson. Sure, he'll learn some stuff for him, from him, but Brandon Jacobs is coming in here to help this football team on the ground. Yeah, and he, I and I think he absolutely will. He's not good. I think he'll be getting maybe 15 carries a game. Nothing crazy. I mean, I know he might be out of football for a bit, but they're not expecting him to be the number one back. No, he he and, won't be. And he he prov- he's a big body. He's a good blocker, and you don't really have you're not rushing for that. He can provide Eli some protection. I think that's going to really help the Giants coming up here in week two. I would have liked to have seen them got, uh, get Willis McGahee because when you look at what, what Willis McGahee did last year, Willis McGahee is a guy who strives. Wasn't in he a, hurt last year, though? He was hurt, but when he was healthy, this is a guy who strives in an offense that does not run the football predominantly with Peyton Manning. I mean, obviously, any offense with Peyton Manning in it or with Eli Manning in it is not going to run the football as their first option. Obviously, it's a pass-happy offense. Will Smigay, he was extremely productive for the Denver Broncos last year uh, with Peyton Manning out of the backfield and receiving the ball as well. He, he was a guy who catched passes, so... I would have liked uh, to see them go after McGahee because this is obviously a Giants offense that is very explosive through the air. And, uh, well, we saw it with Victor Cruz. But what would they have done with McGahee? Would they have just split 50-50 carries with right. Wilson? Yeah. Something like that? I mean, maybe. But uh, I think— That's what I they think, did last year in re- Denver with think, Ronnie Hillman. I think the reason they didn't go for it is I think they were too nervous about his injury. I think they yeah, weren't you know, too that, sure how healthy that is a good he point. was. I don't— I, I think it remains to be seen how, how good Brandon Jacobs can be after a year out of football. And, and I mean, there's a reason the Giants got didn't sign him at the beginning of last year, didn't re-sign him at the beginning of last year. No, and that's definitely true. I do agree, McGay. He probably provides more of a, uh, you know, he can do more things. There might be more reward for the signing. But I think you, you couple in that, you know, he has that injured, he has that injury history, and then also he, he doesn't know the system. It would be a completely different system. That's true. Jacobs knows the system. Jacobs does know the system. They that, need, that's they an need advantage. Him to go and be good and be ready to go this Sunday. It can't be, you know, three Sundays from now. It has to be now. And I think Jacobs, you know, he will be given a limited, uh, li- li- limited position. It won't be anything major, but it will be enough that it will help. The Giants, it will make them a better team. On the defensive side of the ball, I mean, the Giants, that, that was not the focus on Sunday night by any means, was was not how bad they did on defense. I mean, they weren't terrible on defense, but, I mean, every time every time the Cowboys got the ball, it seemed, uh, they were in a good position because they got it off of a turnover. Yeah, you so, really can't blame the defense for no. Sunday's loss. Definitely not. When you give the ball off six times, one of them was off that uh, botched uh, kick uh, punt return. Right. That was just awful. I mean, if you're a defense, that just has to be demoralizing. That was that was that. that was a really awful game to watch for the Giants. And I'm 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 curious because I have uh, really good friends who are Giants fans. I'm, you being one of them, obviously. But but you're a, you're a half and half, as we know. I'm a mudblood. Yeah, you're a mudblood. Um, <laughs> do you think? And I I'd be curious to get Legerfo's opinion on this as well. Uh, him being the big Giant fan here. Does this game, this this Cowboy game, does that the fact that the Giants turn the ball over six times and still have a chance to win the game with two minutes left, does that mean that the Cowboys are terrible? Or does it just, does it just say the resiliency, talk about the resiliency of the Giants uh, in this situation, be able to come back and still put themselves in a position two minutes to go? They have the ball. Just score a touchdown, Eli, and you have the lead. I'll, I'll just give my answer first before we uh, get to Nick. I do think there are positives you can take away from it. Oh, totally. Mostly because when Eli was team, on, he was on. This team is not going to have six turnovers. No. It's just not going to happen. It was just an ugly, sloppy game that just is just one of those once in once in a season, once every two seasons kind of deal. So they're gonna be better. They're gonna protect the ball better. If they're able to do that, then they win in Dallas. If they can do that moving forward, then they're definitely gonna be a better team. And that's something you can take away even though they start off 0 and one. What do you think, Nick? 
Yeah, you, you made a valid point, Nolan. I, I think the Giants are never going to turn the ball over six turnovers uh, in a game for the rest of the season. And I think they played their worst game of the year. And I think in, in terms of a football season, it's better to play your worst game on the first week so you improve from there. And, and I think Denver is uh, going to have a handful with the Giants. I think they're going to be much improved this week. And, and I think uh, they could – Pull, the, pull off the upset. Let's quickly talk about those Denver Broncos. There are two things I want to touch on with the Denver Broncos. I mean, they dominated uh, on the Thursday night opener, but there were some things in that game that, if, if it's a closer game, would definitely come back to haunt them. They had a, a pick six that was brought back because the cornerback, um, who I can't pronounce his name, I'm not going to try to, um, he, he decided to drop the ball, you know, thinking he was in the end zone on the score, and it turns out he dropped it at the one-yard line. You make that miss, and Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for Denver, was livid on the sideline, and with good reason. No, you can't do that. Game that, was out of reach at that point already, yeah. which, which which didn't really affect the Broncos, but, I mean, this game could definitely be a lot closer, so you can't be making mistakes like that. Um, and the other thing is a man by the name of Julius Thomas, the tight end for yes. the Denver Broncos. What, what an unbelievable game for him. I mean, we talked about it last week, uh, DJ and I. Yeah. And uh, it, it, he came out of nowhere, just out of nowhere. Out of and nowhere. He had, a, had a great game, really hooked up with Peyton a lot. But uh, what, do, what do you have to say about him, Mac? Yeah, I mean, he, he just looks to me like a physical specimen. And I, I actually, I, 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 when we talked to Bobby Gubin a uh, little bit later in the show with our fantasy report, I want to get his opinion on Julius Thomas because he's a guy who, as soon as I saw – as soon as I saw the first touchdown that Julius Thomas got, I went to pick him up in fantasy. And listen, I, I don't like when people do that because usually it's with guys that, you know, like Kevin Ogletree last year, like uh, three touchdowns yeah. in the first game against the Giants, did nothing the rest of the season. But I think it's different in the case of Julius Thomas. He's a physical specimen. I mean, he could very well be starting. He probably will be starting uh, again at tight end because who else do the Broncos have at tight end? And Peyton Manning loves love, throwing yep. to the tight end. Yeah, we, So... Yep. Listen, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of lot of weapons in that offense. You have Thomas Welker, Decker, uh, but I really like Julius Thomas. I I ended up getting I ended up getting him in in one of my leagues, and I'm absolutely starting him this week. So, uh, we'll have to yeah. see. What do you What do you think that, about him? That, that was definitely a good choice, and I, was exa- I think you're exactly right in doing that, specifically because it, these weren't you know crazy deep do- deep ball options. I mean, Peyton is going to be Peyton. He's going to be accurate. He loves the tight end. This is going to continue, I think, and that was definitely a big pickup and we'll definitely be talking to Bobby about that looking forward to um this Sunday's game if the Giants do have six turnovers which I they oh. won't they won't but if they do if they have three Denver four. will score 70 points that like that that's <laughs> the bottom line they will literally rack up the points on Sunday however this Giants team just defies logic like oh, yeah. like th- if this was any other team about to face this Broncos I would say it's a guaranteed loss this Giants team when you think you know, they just have the worst game of their season. Yep. They will come back so much better. They will come back so much more crisp. And it just defies logic. But to, for people to think because the Broncos rolled over the Ravens and because the Giants gave that game to the Cowboys that it's going to be an easy Broncos win, that's just not the case. Not with this team specifically because of how many changes they will make during practice this week, and it's gonna it's gonna be a completely different game. It's gonna be really close, man. High scoring game. Six definitely. six years ago, uh, week two. I wonder what Giants fans were thinking. We were we were just talking about that week three game against the Redskins because at that point, think about it. They had had no really no very little success under Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. I believe before that year signed a one-year contract yep. extension. Yeah, this so was he, it. this was it for Tom Coughlin. You start off zero and two. I mean, it could, it, it really could not have gotten much worse. So, Giants fans who remember Week Two uh, and, and Week Three, obviously of two thousand seven, think back to that uh, that time because I mean, it, it was a whole lot worse. There's then. hope. There is hope. Giants. There is fans. absolutely hope. All right, let's get a prediction on this game. Uh, we'll start behind the glass with the Giant fan Nick. Uh, who, who, was, who was talking to me earlier like he may have an inkling about, about picking Big Blue on this one, Nick. Yeah, I, I say the Giants win this one, and um, not by a lot. It's mm. going to be a close game. I'll say uh, 28-24. All right, Julian, the Jet fan. Broncos by 10. <laughs> Nolan, who do you got? Broncos by 10. Um, I'm, I'm going to say a Giants pull out the win just because as, as a Giants fan, as a half-Giants fan, even though I still watch <laughs> every game, uh, You're still I, also a fan I, I of the Jets. So. It, I have seen it so many. Michigan and Notre Dame, okay. all I'm going to say. This is NFL Friday, not College <laughs> Friday. Um, 
I've seen so many times <laughs> that the Giants just look so dead and they beat teams that they should not beat. This is one of those teams that they shouldn't beat them, but they will, 38-31. So you are going with the Giants. I'm, I am going Giants. I, I wrote down Broncos, but I'm going to backspace and go I'm, Giants. I'm going Giants. I'm yes. also picking the Giants, and for that very same reason. Because this team, they, they lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. And they'll they lose to the Jaguars later this year, yeah. but, but they'll beat the Broncos. It's they Sunday. lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. They beat teams they shouldn't beat. I mean, I don't I, – and I'm not so quick to necessarily say that they shouldn't win this game just because the Broncos no, played so sure well. I'm pretty sure they shouldn't win this no, game. No, I, I think the Giants are talented enough to win this game. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that – I mean, at least I, I think the realistic mentality to go into this game with is that, hey, we have a chance to win. It's not – oh, it, you, you're, you're basically saying – that you, you go into this game with the same mentality that Jet fans went into last night's game with. There's no way we win this game. I, I, honestly I don't think, think that's accurate. There's a lot of Giant fans that are not feeling good about Sunday's game. Definitely. Right. Fair enough. I mean, from, from what I've talked to, from my Giant fan uh, friend base, um, de- definitely there's a lot of people that are not feeling too optimistic. But then there's some others that feel the same exact way as me. As, you know, we went to Lambeau last year and beat the Packers. We went into San Francisco and beat the beat the Niners. So they can do it. They can happen. Definitely. I think it will happen. All right. Well, let's uh we're going to have to see now. Uh so Nick goes Giants. Julian's the only one who picked the the Broncos here. Uh He's just mad about me, last you, night. Me you me you and Nick go Giants. <laughs> Julian goes goes with the Denver Broncos. So, all right, let's move on now. We're going to talk uh, uh, around the league. We'll go around the league here. Um I don't know if you've ever heard of Monday Morning Quarterback. It's the column uh, that SI Sports Illustrated football writer Peter King does every Monday. He's been doing it for like 15 years now, and I, I usually I try to read most of it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but the first Sunday this year was, was pretty ugly. There was oh, yeah. some I mean, ugly football out there. And I took definitely. this little snippet from Peter King's column. He 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 made a list of all the, the ugly things, basically, that we saw on Sunday. Was it like three pages long? How, how long was no, it? Well, <laughs> no, yeah, it could have been. <laughs> been. All right, the Jaguars had 70 yards total on their first 13 drives. 70 yards on 13 drives. That's unbelievable. That, they lost. That, is that five? Like five point something yards. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah. Lost to Kansas City twenty eight to two, and and just elaborating a little bit more on the Jaguars, I mean, I think it's we we were pretty pretty solid on on, on knowing that they were the worst team in football. I think coming into that game, and I, that just does more to 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 because you know, they state just got thrashed opinion. by the team that was the worst team in football last <laughs> yeah. year. So you're in trouble this now, year. Now, granted, I, I I think the Kansas City Chiefs could could sneak in as a playoff team this year. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Andy Reid, Alex Smith, obviously. But I mean, it, I, and I don't necessarily think it's going to get any better for the Jaguars. I mean, it, it's no hard to get much worse than twenty-eight to two. Unless Maurice Jones-Drew can really put the team on his back and get I mean, some good, he, get he some has good performances to, going. But their quarterback is dreadful. Yeah. Blaine Gabbard has no future in this league. I'm sorry, no, no future at all. Um, so yeah, Jaguars have a game against the Raiders this week, uh, and you know Terrell Pryor, yeah, had the most had the most rushing yards on Sunday. Most rushing yards. He rushed for hundred, only hundred and twelve. I mean, for a running, for a quarterback, hundred twelve yards is great. Yeah. But for a running back, it's it's you know it's you know it's it's a good day. It's it's not a great day. It's not a bad day. It's a good day. Hundred hundred yards. You always want to get that. And to mark. lead the league in that. That's that's on crazy. Sunday. Then then, then Lashawn McCoy came oh, out yeah, on right, uh, on right. Monday night. I think he had over one fifty. Moving on to the with the uh, the ugliness of the Sunday that we saw week one in the NFL. Yeah, let's the Steelers' offense shut out through the first fifty eight minutes. Against the Tennessee Titans, they had two points. They also had a. The other thing was the safeties. We had, I think, we had three, three safeties. safeties: the Jet game, the Jaguars game, and the Steelers game. Within the first like three minutes. Yeah, it all happened really fast. And, like, and, it, it was at the beginning of the game. And there yeah. were something like five safeties all of last year, and then we had three in yeah. the first five minutes. Steelers offense, man. I mean, they started Isaac Redman. He had like negative two yards or something in the first half. And you know, you look at this offense for the Steelers. Listen, I mean. I know some Steelers fans that are have expectations that are six feet under going into this season. But, you know, you look at the offense, they have some weapons. Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Roethlisberger can still throw the ball. He can still move well in the pocket. The season's not over for the Steelers, but, man, to get shut out through the at first home. 58 minutes at home against the Titans, first game of the year, that, that that's doesn't tough. do much that's for you. That's definitely tough. And, you know, you know, like you said, that that was one of the shockers. I think. I mean, Titans were not a very good team last year. Steelers, you know, they didn't make the playoffs either no, last year. No, eight but, and eight but, was a rare you, miss. You expect them to make those playoffs. Uh, what is that? 
head coach. Uh, it, Tomlin. It, yeah, yeah. He's, Tomlin. he's like 8-0, oh, I think, on openers. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Record. It was, it was the, so it was that, the so longest standing happen. streak in the NFL so in terms for, of winning openers. For that openers. to happen, it's just shocking. Yeah, Steelers like, always mo- get it done in the open. moving forward, if they're going to have to do like a Giants. They're going to have to completely turn it around you know, during practice this week and come out. You know, I don't know who they're playing, but it's going to have to be a lot better of a performance than what they had against Tennessee. Monday sure. night, Monday night, they're playing against the Bengals in Cincinnati. And the Bengals, well, I mean, they played very well against the Bears, but they did not win the game because they had some turnovers in that game. Um, Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, they looked yes. amazing. And, and Andy AJ Dalton Green really put up those stats. He's been working on the, the deep ball in the offseason with A.J. Green. The first play of the game, he had him for 40-plus yards. So, I mean, uh, but they didn't win. They, they lost to the Bears. So, you know, the Bengals, I mean, I, the Steelers, I could definitely see them losing that football game. No, absolutely. I, I think they're going to have to come to play on the road Monday night. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, if there was like an America's vote or anything like that, I'd say majority <laughs> of people are saying Bengals because even though the Bengals lost, they lost in Chicago by three. Yeah. And Chicago, you know, once again, they went 10-6 last year to make the playoffs, but they're still a good team. They're, they're definitely going to be a contender this year. They have been for a few years. Uh, very stark contrast uh, with the Titans. All right, sure. moving on with the ugliness. Six turnovers by the Giants that we just talked about. Brandon Whedon, Browns quarterback. Three picks in his first 27 minutes of the game. Three interceptions the first 27 minutes. And they were still in that game against the Dolphins for, for a while. Uh, and the Dolphins ended up winning. But Whedon, I mean, you know, people were wondering last year about him because he was older than Aaron Rodgers as a rookie, and he didn't play very well at no, all. No, definitely not. Um, I, I, you know, I, He's another guy who I don't know about his do you know future. What, do you know what pick Still playing like a rookie. Do you know what pick he was? He was like, a first-round pick. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he was first-round. but top, I was, He was top 10. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was a, a top ten deal. pick last year. I mean, year. they they yeah. spent a high, high pick on him. And, you know, that's, that's risky, you know, because he was 27 or so. He was old to be getting drafted uh, for a first-round pick. His, his levels, like his amount of uh, time where he could – be a productive quarterback. We're already shorter than, say, Andrew Locke or Russell Wilson. And then the fact that he has not adjusted well to the NFL level is really, really making that first-round pick look like a bust for these Browns. Because, like you said, last year he was awful. And then this year, you know, off to a bad start. 22nd overall pick last year. So the Browns must have had another pick in the first round in that Uh, last year. Did they take Trent Richardson? Yeah, 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 that's right. That's when they took Trent, so... I mean, yeah, that that's just awful. Adrian Peterson is on this list as well. The first carry, the, the first carry oh. of the season, he ran for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. First carry of the season. All right, you know, back to all day. You know, that that's just AP right all there. All day AP. His next seventeen carries, fifteen yards. Man. So eighteen carries. But didn't he have two touchdowns that game? He did. He had a receiving touchdown from like five yards out. But okay. I mean. So he had seventeen carries for fifteen yards. That after is bad. That. that is really bad. I mean, that is bad. That was just awful. So that 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 ends that 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 ends the list of the ugliness there. But real quick, some some good observations that that I had. The Eagles' offense on Monday night was whew, electric, man, electric, it was and electric. people were wondering if it would have that Oregon offense if that could work How in the NFL. Yeah. And it definitely seemed Ooh, like man. it was flying. But the, the big question I have is, can that be sustained throughout the season? Right. Can, can that happen? Can the players keep up with this play? I mean, Michael Vick, after game one, was like, man, I am tired. It's like, you got a <laughs> long way to go, buddy. I mean, it's going to be a he, long season. The first so. half was over. He thought it was the end of the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I'm so, sorry, he thought it was the end of the game. I'm sorry. That, that's, so that's it, it, was just, it was just unbelievable. He really I mean, did say that. It was that. productive, no doubt about it. But um, I mean, can that happen throughout a year? It's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm definitely gonna be watching those Eagle scores every Sunday to see what happens with this team because if they could do it throughout the year, they're gonna be a really high powered offense. But if they get tired, they get worn down by like week nine, week ten, it might it might be an ugly finish. I'm curious. This is just a, a random question, kind of going off of the Eagles and and the Redskins, their game on Monday night. What what division do you think is the best division in the NFL? Because, I mean, coming into the season, I didn't read anything that talked about the NFC East as the best division. Everything that I read said the NFC West, which is my division as a St. Louis Rams fan. 
Uh, and I disagree with that. I still think the NFC East is the best division in football. Top to bottom, I mean, there's nobody in that division that you, that you can say, okay, they're definitely not making the playoffs. They might be the most solid, well-rounded division, as in every team, especially with the Redskins picking it up and the Eagles, you know, they're good showing last Monday. You could definitely see it as every team could beat any team any given Sunday. There's really no bottom of the pack uh, there's no browns there's not a jaguars there's not like a no. raiders but i think in terms of high power like this team will be in the nfc championship right. game or this team will be in the afc championship game they don't really have that no you're so, right so it's fair that they're probably the most well-rounded but they don't have those studs at the top like the seahawks or the niners i think the nfc um I think the North, NFC North, might be a really strong division. It is. Uh, you got, you know, the Vikings are picked to finish last, and they they made the playoffs last year. You got the Packers. Lions are greatly improved. Chicago's always going to be tough. It definitely, that would probably be my there. toughest division. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on now. We'll talk some fantasy football. Do we not have a promo for that? I'm sorry. I guess I guess we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> Things Fake change out. around here on the fly. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? <laughs> Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, and we are joined, as we are every week, by Bobby Gubin. Bobby, welcome. Thank you, Matt. I think it's because it's Friday the 13th. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, it is fr- that's right. It is Friday the 13th. <laughs> the, the sound. Um, so, Bobby. We we we're gonna we were talking about this before the show. We're gonna do. We're gonna break out this this new segment. Okay, we're gonna call it Bobby's Believe It or Not. <laughs> so I, I, it's a really good name, actually. Good, Bobby came like up it. with it all on his own. So Bobby, take it away. Describe the segment first, obviously, and then roll with it. Sure. So basically, I'm gonna pick in this segment every week. I'm gonna take a bunch of guys and I'm gonna evaluate the performances and I'm gonna say whether or not I believe that suggests something more. Whether I think it's a trend that's gonna continue for them. Or I think that was just a fluke, or mm-hmm. you know, a really lucky game, et cetera. So, All right. so we're, and we're going to do five players each week, or you know, it might fluctuate, but this week we have five. So, so first off, I'm going to start with Brian Hartline, wide receiver on the Miami Dolphins. He had nine catches for 114 yards and a touchdown last week. I don't believe it. Had a great year last I year don't too. Believe- he did, but at times he disappears. There's games where he'll blow up. You know, have 15 catches mm-hmm. and go off. But I don't think he's a reliable guy that you can start, you know, every week. If I think he's a decent flex play at times. Uh, in a PPR league, he's better. Now, was that because it was against the Browns' defense? Do you yeah. think that adds to your – does this add to your evaluation of him? It that- does, and I also think that Tana, uh, Ryan Tannehill will get better chemistry with Mike Wallace as now the that, games go on. That's and my next question, yeah. kind of going off of that. Who, and I, I've had this discussion with friends this week. One of them did have Brian Hartline in their fantasy league. Who would you start, Hartline or Wallace, if it, if it, if it came down to it? P- chances are if you have both of them in a the league, you're starting them both. But, I mean, you know, who, who you know, because Wallace d- did not do much at all in his first game as a Dolphin, and he was complaining after the game, too. In fairness, he was not happy. Yeah, but in fairness, he was being covered by Joe Hayden, who's a very good corner for Fair the Dolphins. And, I'll, Fair and I'll get to that a little bit later when we talk about guys I like this week. So you would you would go with Wallace over? I Hartline? would go with Wallace, yeah. All right, okay. Go ahead, number two. Uh, number two, uh, Julian Edelman, guy who also blew up last night, but I also believed in him going out of week one. This is a guy that even when Daniel Amendola is healthy, which we know is a big if, when, he's a guy that get hurts, get, gets hurt a lot. With all these rookie receivers on the Patriots, Julian Edelman is the veteran there. And Tom Brady has some chemistry with him, so I think that ends up staying the, true for the entire season. So I think he's a guy that you can believe in going forward. Uh, another guy I don't believe in uh, is Anquan Bolden. Now, wow. a lot of people are going... That's right. very wow. shocking. After last week's, I am shocked. After last week's... <laughs> 13 catch, 208 yard, and a touchdown performance. You know, everybody obviously thinks, oh, he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver this year. I don't think Anquan Bolden finishes in the top 25 wide receivers. This now, year. he's not going to do that every week. Right. I mean, obviously. But, but still, even if he's a guy that got you 60 yards and a touchdown each week, right. I don't even believe he does that. So, so, av- so you don't so even you believe he his averages that. Will be a quarter of what it was opening. Well, I mean, Nolan. Yes, I mean, I mean in PPR I mean, what he, leagues, Nolan. I what think, he did week one was just. But a quarter in P, in PPR leagues. No, I, 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 I agree with you, Nolan. In PPR leagues, for those of you who don't know, it's point per reception. Right. I believe he's a better play. I believe he's the number one guy 
Colin Kaepernick obviously has chemistry with him, and they other than Vernon Davis, he has nobody else to throw to. So, so I think he gets about five catches. Like he's good for five catches yeah. a game. Who but is, the yardage, is, I think, fluctuates tremendously, and as we all know, touchdowns, it's iffy. So I don't love Anquan Bolden going forward, and the reason why he's really, I don't believe it, is because everybody's you know jumping on the bad wagon after last. Who last is week. the guy then in San Francisco? I mean, because you just mentioned it. I mean, he, he doesn't. I don't like, doesn't have I, anybody I, to I throw to. I, I mean, Davis is is right, a guy. but I don't I don't love anybody on the San Francisco offense other than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, hmm. Vernon Davis is a is a good tight end. He had two but touchdowns I think last week. Probably where you drafted him, you didn't get any value. You know, you you or or you. You got what you got. You know, you didn't. He wasn't a sleeper. You, you didn't get any no, yeah. excess value because you drafted him. You know, lower than he was supposed to be. You know, I agree with that. So uh, another guy I do believe in, Jordan Cameron. I spoke to if you listen last week. I was a big uh, fan of Jordan Cameron. I have him on two of my three fantasy teams. Uh, North Turner loves the tight end position. I think the nine receptions, 108 yards, TD. While we won't see that because those are Jimmy Graham numbers, I do believe he averages. Probably sixty yards and maybe a TD almost every week. <laughs> oh, as so, long as so Brand- he'll do what Anquan Bolden can. Yes, <laughs> with Brandon Whedon as his quarterback. Yes, yes. Bold We just talked about Whedon. Bobby. I mean, Bold three three interceptions Bobby. in the first half hour of that game. <laughs> three this interceptions will be interesting in the first twenty seven minutes. No, I mean, I appreciate changing it up, and uh, it's interesting. It is very good, and you do make good points. And I like Cameron. So, he was a guy in preseason. A lot of people were talking about him, yeah. but I mean, he's got to have a good quarterback. So, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Definitely. And finally, uh, another guy I do believe in, Jared Cook, and you'll like this, Mac, being a Rams fan. Was, whew, what a monster he was last if week. If you're a real fan, if you, I got him too. If you paid attention in fantasy for a long time and you did your research before each draft for the past couple of years, Jared Cook has been hyped as a sleeper for a long time. The talent has always been there, meaning you know he has the physical ability, know, ability yeah. to do mm-hmm. it, but he just never showed up. So when he was on the Titans, that you know can be understood because he never had a decent quarterback. Sam Bradford is a better quarterback, and they don't have a clear number one receiver, if you will. On no, the they don't. They don't. So I think Jared Cook will be probably a top ten tight end. And you know Bradford, uh, him and Bradford in the preseason, they had they had immense chemistry. They had yes. a lot of chemistry in the preseason, and I read something that I mean we, I don't know if you saw the play where the, his one of his first receptions he ran it to the end zone and then it was stripped from behind by uh, Honey Badger. A great great play, by the it way. It was a great play, but I read that after that play, Bradford went up to Cook and said, "Dude, you're getting you're going to keep getting the ball, so you know don't don't worry about that. I'm, it's still coming your way." And he had 141 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he won't do that every yeah, week. No, but, great game, definitely. Yeah, Rams were down 11 points in that game. Anyway, I'm just I'm in my own world with the St. Louis Rams, but. Um, we were talking about Julius Thomas before, uh, Bobby, and that was a very good segment, by the way. We'll def- that, I like yeah, that, that a lot. I like that a lot. Very good job. Um, very good. What do you think about Julius Thomas? Because I have Danny Amendola in a league, and I, I, made a, I made a big trade for him before the season. I traded Reggie Bush, who I was very, very high on. We saw why in week one. Trade Reggie Bush straight up for Amendola and Daryl Richardson, which is, I mean, if you think about that, that's a great deal for me. Personally, I, th- I think going into the season, I was— Is this a PPR league or yes, non-PPR? Yes, yes, absolutely. I was very, very high on Amendola. I mean, we so we see what he can do. He can be a Wes Welker. He can be a Wes Welker. I don't think there's any dispute yes, in that. Yes, if he's a Wes, to stay if he's healthy. a Wes Welker for six games of the season, no, that's that right, doesn't exactly. count. Right, exactly. You know, uh, so I guess my first question is, and what I did was I picked up Thomas to replace Amendola. What do you think about Amendola moving forward, and then what do you think about Julius Thomas? I think Amendola is a guy that you, you're going to just shake your head a lot. You know, fantasy weeks go. He, he's great when he's there, but you're gonna have a lot of weeks where I think he's questionable, where you don't know. Like they might, because the Patriots are known to. Oh yeah. You know, mess around with the injury report a whole lot. He's gonna be shaky. I mean, you know the talents there. You know when he plays, he'll be good. But it's a big if if he plays. I think Julius Thomas, I think goes on to be. A top five tight end. Really? Wow. Top five. I, that's because, you know what? When I went to pick him up, and this was during the game, I picked him up during the game, uh, my friends were like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, relax. And I I'm like, I'm telling you, just well. just look at this guy. Just look at him. He, he's, he's I think he, he's like 6'3 or 6'4. It wasn't announced that he won the tight end job in Denver, or it wasn't, you know, really made a big news. No, you know, nothing. no. If it had... I think more people would have picked yeah. him up because everybody you know is Peyton Manning in the cold stays. He loves the tight end Dallas position. Clark, Jacob Tammy later on. So, 
All right, so interesting stuff right there. Uh, I have my one question for you, Bobby. I have David Wilson in both my leagues. Should Ooh. should I be nervous about his production this year? Absolutely, you have a reason to be nervous. That said, as if, you know, talking about guys that I actually like this week, I think David Wilson redeems himself. Now, that is easy when last week all you did was fumble twice and not play and anymore. And get 19 rushing yards. Yeah. But I think he is going to, going forward, still be the most productive back in the Giants offense. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, you'll keep me from uh, off the edge. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I'm trying I to talk you off the ledge. I will be sending him off onto the waiver But at the, wire at the same time, like you do have a reason to be somewhat nervous, just like Tom Brady owners have a reason to be somewhat nervous. I mean, he's got a bunch of rookie receivers, and he hasn't played well. Yeah, that yeah, Tom Brady definitely. I mean, Geno Smith had more passing yards than him last night. That's crazy. Um, all right, let's get to some stardom sit em for this week, Bobby. What do you got for us? Okay, so at QB, some guys that you should definitely be starting, Mike Vick against the Chargers. I don't know if you missed Chip Kelly's offense last week, Ooh, but if we did you not. did, you better start them this week. Anybody. That goes from Mike Vick, Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, etc. Another guy at quarterback that you should start this week, Eli Manning against Denver. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah, Champ Bailey's out for that game. It's going to be well. a shootout. Champ out, out Bailey again. is out, and it's brother versus brother. You know, Eli is going to turn it, it is. on I, that I, little bit extra because he's playing. I brother. agree with you. I think it's going to be a shootout as well. And Eric did too. He's predicted forty-one, thirty-one. So, and yeah, finally, I, I, I think RG three is great green in uh, Green Bay. Uh, I think he's pissed about his Week One performance. I think he turns it around. And I think he he scores at least two touchdowns. At running back, Lamar Miller at Indianapolis. Uh, they allowed one hundred and seventy-one rushing yards to the Raiders last week. And Lamar Miller, he d- was terrible he last was terrible week. He was terrible last week, but I think he bounces back with a quality week. I think Eddie Lacy against Washington. Again, LaShawn McCoy blew up last week mm-hmm. uh, against the Redskins defense. And David Wilson, as I said, I think this is his week to redeem himself. If it's not, if if he, I think he knows this is it. If I have another really bad week, Tom Coughlin's not going to trust me anymore. Yeah. A wide receiver. I don't know if they'll start Brandon Jacobs full time. Yeah, but no, but but no. but his role will be severely diminished. Right, right. Uh, Hakeem Nicks against the Browns again. That game is going to be a shootout. Yeah, I think Denver also keys a little bit more on Cruz, so I think Nicks ends up being fair enough. The better play, fair enough. Of the two, Cruz was dominant. Yeah, he he, that game. went unnoticed. He was, obviously, he was the only one that really kept that yeah. team in it. I think Pierre Garcon in Green Bay has a nice game. I think his chemistry gets back with RG three. They were both a little rusty. In week one, uh, C- Cecil Shorts in Oakland, Jacksonville wide receiver. He's the number one guy yeah. on an offense in a game featuring two bad teams. He was so, an absolute stud last week, uh, last year off the uh, the waiver wire. I picked him up last and year. And I think against Oakland, he has a nice game. Yeah. At tight end, I think Brandon Myers, the Giants tight end against Denver, has a nice game. Greg Olson against Buffalo. I think Cam Newton struggled against, obviously, Seattle, number one defense. Um, I think he'll do better against Buffalo. Brent Selleck. The Eagles' offense, again, this is a recurring theme. Chip Kelly's offense looked that good. They really did. That Anybody on that offense, you know, as far as the guys who, who get snaps, you got to consider starting them. Guys, you should sit this week that I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, did you see last week? It oh, was ugly. Man. That offense is not clicking with Todd Haley. Uh, I don't know when it will be clicking again. And keep in mind, I have him in my league. I am not starting him. That's I'm tough. starting Phillip Rivers over him this week. Wow. Phillip okay. Rivers over Ooh, That's a bad, rough quarterback yeah, yeah. That, that's a tough situation yeah, for you, Bobby. But I also think that, that Chargers, I think they're going to fall behind the Eagles. So I also it'll think become a passing game. It'll yeah. be a passing I, game. That's, that's not a bad assumption. So, uh, another quarterback I don't like, EJ Manuel. Again, Russell Wilson, who's a way better quarterback than EJ Manuel, struggled at times against the Carolina defense. So I, 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 I don't like him. Carolina does have an underrated defense. That's the one yeah. thing going for the Panthers. I don't I like Joe Flacco. Brown's defense is a lot better. A lot better right, than listen, people think. Listen, the, the the Ravens, especially after what happened last week, and they're playing their first home game since winning the Super Bowl. Okay, they're gonna dominate the Browns. Yeah, I, they I, will I, dominate I think the Browns. It's gonna be a good old we're not, whipping we're not for, picking that game the this week. But, to, but they're they are going, they will the Ravens don't get me wrong, the Ravens are going to win. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think Joe Flacco throws they're not gonna need to. This is my point. I don't think he throws for right. more than Vera. 200 yards and maybe has one He does not one throw two over two hundred yards. That's what you're saying? Two twenty five. He's gonna throw around two hundred yards. I think he he'll get at least Because they're gonna give it to Ray yeah, Rice. Minimal. That's that's the they're gonna low get, watermark. Okay, listen, me. they're gonna get up early and then they're gonna run the ball to Ray Rice. And they're gonna keep running the ball to Ray Rice. And I just I or don't Bernard think, Pierce. Or Bernard <laughs> Pierce. I don't think that Joe Flacco ends up being a great play this week. Right, At running back, see. Chris Johnson, a guy who I hate I hate because him too. he <laughs> killed me last year in fantasy. But also against, against Houston's defense, if you if you have him in a PPR league, 
I think he's a better play, but I still don't like him. So, you know, that being said. Ben Jarvis, Greenhouse, or Giovanni Bernard against Pittsburgh. Neither looked impressive last week, and I think against Pittsburgh's D, you shouldn't be starting either of them. And any Steelers running back, whether it be Isaac Redman or any of the guys they have back there, do not start any of their running backs. <laughs> you just mentioned Redman and Ben Jarvis Greenhouse. I have them both. <laughs> so you At, should not be starting well, either one of them. So the plan you, for you us. Should, you should not start a running back. You would be better <laughs> off just having a vacant well, spot. I mean, it's a, it's a standard. Those guys you know, back. It's two running backs and a flex. So I, we have Marshawn Lynch. We're going to start Green Ellis. The guy, it's, I, I, I co-own the team, and my co-owner loves Mark Ingram. We started him last week. He was awful. I think the Saints are a passing team. They are they not are, looking to run the football. And be, when they do yeah. run the football, it's Pierre Thomas or Mark Ingram or Darren Sproles. It's not just one guy. Exactly. So that's why I'm convinced to start Green Ellis over Redmond, who, I mean— I would start Green Ellis over Redmond. And over but Ingram. But I still end over Ingram. All right, so then I'm but, starting him. Yeah, I'm starting I mean, Green Ellis. Yes, because I don't think they need to rush the ball that much against the Buccaneers. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I would, I would start. And then I have, but I wouldn't be happy about starting. No, I'm, else. I'm not happy about it. I'm not uh, happy about starting the law firm. Moving on to wide receiver, I don't like Anquan Bolden in Seattle. That being said, I don't think you sit him. You can't after last week's no, performance. Can't sit him. But I, I'm not crazy about him. I think he doesn't have as you know very good game. Steve, Steve Johnson against Carolina. I think Buffalo is going to have a tough time with Carolina. I don't think their offense does a lot. Torrey Smith against Cleveland, I think he has a quiet game. Joe Hayden's a good cornerback, and I, like I said, I don't like Joe Flacco. I don't think they need to pass the ball that much against the Browns. I think they get up early. Maybe if he gets the one TD that I think Joe Flacco throws, maybe he's an okay start, but I'd rather not start him. And at tight end, I don't think Tyler Eifert or Jermaine Gresham has a good game against Pittsburgh. I don't think Brandon Pettigrew is worth starting against Arizona, even though I think that will probably be a high-scoring game. All right, Bobby, thanks a lot All for the right. fantasy report. Yeah, we'll keep wonderful. you right here yeah. for everybody's favorite segment. Let's get to the picks. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL prediction. He's All back. right. He's back, everyone. Just to review Giants-Broncos, Nick or Julian's the only one who has the Broncos. Bobby? Broncos. Bob, Bob, change that. Bobby's got the Broncos. I have the Giants. Nolan has the Giants. I think Nick you guys are absolutely out of your minds for picking the you Giants. You know, I, I – Did no, you see Peyton Manning seven touchdowns? People, thought, people thought I was crazy for picking the Jets last week, and look what happened. That's less people – That's less crazy. I mean, I'm a People Jet think fan, I'm crazy people. just because I actually am. All right, next pick. <laughs> Redskins are at the Packers. You were just talking about that game. You like a lot of people fantasy-wise in that game. Who are you going with, Bobby? Green Bay. you, you got to go Green Bay at home. They had a tough loss to the 49ers. think they – they win. We'll go in the back now. Packers and uh, Redskins. Guys, in the back, do we have anything Give back me, there? I'll take the Redskins. Nick, who you got? Give me the Packers. All right. I'm going Pack over Skins. Yeah, I'm going Packers too. Hey, Redskins 0-2. Going to be tough, but I'm taking the Pack. 49ers at the Seahawks. NFC West showdown on Sunday night. Bobby. For those of you who don't know, Seattle is one of the toughest places to play. It is the toughest place okay, to play. It is the toughest the place to play. Most most analysts would agree. So I'm picking Seattle 100. Nolan, Seattle, gotta go Seahawks at home. Nick, back there. To go Niners. Nick's I'll going take Niners. Niners as well. I'm going Niners as well. The Seahawks scored seven points or 12 points in North Carolina last week. I mean. Against the Panthers, so I mean, I, I, I you just said the Panthers D is underrated. Yeah, but the Seahawks scored and 12 now they points. Are home. The Seahawks scored 12 points. Whatever, give the me Niners. the point over you. I'm care. picking the Niners. Minnesota at Chicago. Bobby, who you got? Home team in this case. It's a tough NFC North game, but I, I, I think Chicago pulls it off. No, I'm, I'm going Bears. Yep. Nick. I'm gonna go Chicago. Julian. Vikings. Me and Julian going Vikings. I hate I hate everything about the Chicago Bears, so that's why I'm picking the Vikings. This is one. This is actually my favorite game of the week because I don't know why. Detroit at Arizona. It, it actually is. It really is my favorite game of the week. I'll tell you in a minute, Bobby. Who you pick? I have Matt Stafford, so I got to go with Detroit. I want. I grew up in Detroit, but not besides, <laughs> besides not. that. Besides that, we'll I'm, have that conversation. Besides that, I do love else. the Lions. I think they're gonna pull out the oh win. Oh my god! I can't believe you just said that, Nick. Going Motown, Julian. Motor City. I'm going with Arizona because I was probably the only one who saw them play last week because I'm a Rams fan and they were playing the Cardinals. They're at home and they looked really good. Carson Palmer can throw the football and if Larry Fitzgerald has someone who can do that, then he's going to be explosive. I'm going with the Cardinals, and that will wrap up the picks. I mean, just to recap, last week I wasn't here, but some people were actually here last week. 
Uh, Julian came in first place last week. So according to him, he went four yeah, and one. We're, we're gonna check we're gonna, the we're, That's unofficial. I'm, I'm gonna look back <laughs> and see if he really went four and one. Matt, Matt that's only because I wasn't making picks right, last week. Right, right. Matt Mora was here last week. He went two and three. DJ went two and three. Nolan went two and three. So we'll have to see. By the way, just for everybody who's listening out there and is keeping track of the standings, it's a fifteen pick minimum to be eligible to win. The title. I think it should be twenty. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be fifteen. If, if you're gonna say fifteen, then then that that's that. It's gonna that's be fifteen. Fun. Bobby, thanks a lot. Nick and Julian on the other side. Nolan, it was fun. Well, wait, upset, upset. Oh yeah, well we gotta go. We gotta get to an upset. Of course, we have to do upset. I forgot about that. Sorry. Come on. All right, Bobby. We'll start with you. I'm um, going with the Miami Dolphins over the Colts. Uh, not a huge upset, it's but it's not it, a huge it, upset. It's valid. But, it's but valid. I think I think they beat the Colts. It's valid. Nolan, my upset. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans coming off their big win over the Steelers. They're going to defeat the Texans, who looked really shaky against the Chargers this past week. We got any upsets back there, fellas? Mum's the word, huh? <laughs> Give me the Bucks against the Saints. That's a huge upset. Julian? All right, I know everybody was ragging on Pittsburgh earlier, but I say A.J. Green has a big game, but the Pittsburgh Steelers pull it out. Wow. You just went back and forth right there. Well, you know, it's an upset. I didn't pick my upset until right this very second when Julian said it. He gave me the idea to pick the Steelers. I'll go with the Steelers. All right, so that's that. He's a seven-point favorite. I know, I know. I'm going with the Steelers in Cincinnati. All right, Bobby, I think take two already. Bobby, thank you. Nick and Julian on the other side, great job as always. Nolan, it was fun. Mac, it's always a good time here on Friday. All right, that'll do it for this edition of NFL Friday. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your football. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.